I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Hi, Mike Morgan, and we're back for another edition of the Wocast. Joining me as usual, my Cody, my sister from another mister. It's G. What's going on? Nothing much, Mike. It's um snowy here. It's beautiful, but I'm not going outside. Is this snowing over there? <laughs> Yeah, it is, funnily enough. Oh, I mean, wow. I know you're all the way in New York, but yeah, it's, um, I can't imagine it's anything, anything like what you're experiencing. It's very light, but yeah, it is, um, it is snowing outside. Oh no, the snowflakes are huge and it's piling up. So by the time I go to work, <laughs> yeah, by the time I go to work, Mike, I'm going to be in a snowsuit, but it's all good. <laughs> and, and no comparison. I knew that. Given that, you know, I think the States always do things bigger and better um, than anywhere else in the world, particularly the UK. So I, I wasn't surprised when you said to me that the, the flakes were, were bigger and badder <laughs> and better and going to be uh, more than likely um, leaving a pretty hefty, uh, well, thick carpet of snow, I'm guessing. Oh, absolutely. Um, and we just had a blizzard last week. So this is our second blizzard of... <laughs> of winter so pretty typical of new york so i'm used to it though no biggie <laughs> well another week another fight calendar and um well the ufc were back in the building for um well i suppose you know something mm-hmm. for me I, I i said this in the week that overeem i wanted him to perform i wanted him to turn up and uh, Overeem Volkov, in terms of card, in terms of card quality, um, it, it delivered to varying degrees. As usual, we're going to start off with the prelims that actually, you know, caught our eye. And I'm going to start off with Ode Osborne. And um, the, the, the Jamaican on the card came, he saw, he delivered. And this is another um, contender series um standout mm-hmm. now Ode Osborne he clashed what Jerome Riviera in 26 seconds Jamaica's own I've got to keep emphasizing oh, yeah. that Jamaica's own came up uh with a 20 second or 26 second we need some gunshots Mike we need some pop, 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 pop. <laughs> rewind <Banana>. right <laughs> rewind selector <laughs> boop, 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 exactly boop, boop. we gotta do it right <laughs> You know, they're not getting paid overtime, so it's really and truly, it's no no wonder why, you know, he went in there, blitzed and then went home. At the same time, <laughs> uh, I was watching this. Aljamain uh, Sterling was, was um, watching this as well. And um, I tweeted him, I said, you know something, what we really do need is uh, you headlining Tough Jamaica. And he's down. Oh, he's that would down be dope. It. And then you put Leon on that as well. You know, there's plenty of yeah. Jamaican fighters, and I am. There's some on the top of my head. I just don't want to mix them up with other fighters. I wish I had my computer here, but there's some others. There's plenty of on the low. There's a lot of Jamaican fighters on the roster, and you know, Jamaica's a beautiful place. That'd be a great place to see a UFC fight. 
Can you imagine? Looking for a fight, Jamaica. Oh Can you God. imagine? I think I'd probably go. Like, if it's definitely when COVID's <laughs> over, like, you think I won't go? It's a four-hour flight, Mike. See you there. I think you're going to go, too. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not so sure. It's a 13-hour oh, flight from yeah. where I am. But, Damn. But any excuse to see my mom and dad. So, oh, yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> but, Mike, if I'm not mistaken... Old Osborne, this is the dude that did that like shoulder roll, caught the leg, and then dropped the kid with a straight right. Correct? Yeah, yes, I mean, he caught, okay. he caught the kick and then landed that. It was a straight left. Straight but left, yeah, yes. Incredible. Oh, it was beautiful. Absolutely incredible. I bet his coach is what so happy. What a way to start the too. card. Yeah. What a way to start the card. And I bet his coach is so happy because that looked like something he mm. just trained over and over again. It was just looked so instinctual and just well trained. I know his coach was like, a boy, you know? I, you can imagine. Yeah, I did. I was like, oh, he trains that. Look at that. The fruits of your labor, you know? <laughs> but yeah, kicking off uh, the card was Ode Osborne's 26 seconds. I mean, how do you follow that? I mean, what caught your eye? You are, you're up next. Uh, no lie, Mike. I wasn't really, I didn't really dig the prelims. And the main card to me was just I, but... Um, I kind of like uh, Sang Wu Choi versus Yusuf Zalal. I'm a fan of Yusuf Zalal, so I like his fights. But I don't understand like how he fights sometimes. Like I was kind of confused as to why he chose to grapple. It wasn't working for him. Like he just kept going for this takedown. And but what I did see from Choi, I really liked. He kept his range, you know. And he was just kept him on the outside. He had some nice boxing, whatnot. And he just was in control. And he sp- applied so much pressure that Yusuf had to, like, kind of go for these takedowns. But, Mike, yeah, when you go for takedowns and you don't do nothing with them, nowadays in MMA, you're not really getting a lot of points. So it was easy for Sung Woo Choi to kind of just, like, maintain control and get this decision win. But I did like mm-hmm. what I see from Choi. And don't sleep on Choi. He, when he first got in the UFC, he fought Gavin Tucker. He fought Marzvar Evlev. I'm saying his name wrong. Evlev, I love him. And these are really tough fighters. So we weren't really able to see what he can do, what he can showcase. But he did that a little bit with uh, against Yosef Zalao. You know? I, mm-hmm. I liked his performance. What about you? What's going on with you in the prelims? Well, for me, uh, next up would be Molly McCann uh. versus Laura Pacopio. Uh, I hope I'm not butchering her, her name, right. but McCann, I think, when you consider that Molly McCann was in there with uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, I think she did well with two sub-attempts. Now, mm. at the end of it, okay, she was at the wrong end <laughs> of a decision, but leaving her gloves um, on the cage floor, it did make me immediately think, oh, I wonder if she's going to you know, call it a day. But what she said on Twitter later, I think, was, was a nice she cleared it up, nod right? to her late father. I mean, basically, she was basically saying, look, it was just to honour her, her father oh, thank who, God. who passed away. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm pleased that this wasn't the end of Molly McCann because for me, you know, I, I, I can only commend the way in which she's obviously applied herself on the ground in terms of her prowess. People think of her as just, you know, one-dimensional in terms of, like, stand-up. But... You know, I think she did well. She did well to, um, well, end it on a decision. And with those two sub-attempts, it really has made, well, in my mind, uh, me think that, you know, that there is some definite progress there with with her on the ground. Um, let me let me dial you back in. Maybe you're, um, 
your bias because of where you're from and Molly and all that. <laughs> so let me just reel you in. That's what friends do. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. She does look improved and better on the ground, but I don't think her ground game is like UFC par yet, even with those two submission attempts. Because even with those submission attempts, the commentators, Dominic Cruz and, and, and uh, Daniel Cormier, immediately knew what to mm-hmm. do next. They saw what she was doing wrong very easily. You know, and I can't really go into details about it. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they noticed that she could have slid into a um, triangle when she had the arm bar and she was just yeah. making these little subtle mistakes. Mike, she's still learning, but she's improving. But those subtle mistakes mm. are things you can't make right now at this level. So she's struggling with grappling. And every time she loses, it's from grappling or being not being able to stop the takedown. So I think she needs a little bit more work. As far as the grappling, I think she's, but she's so much fun. Like when I found out that, you know, when she put down the gloves, watching in real time, Mike, I was like, holy shit, she retired because she's frustrated. And she's been fighting for a while. Like she used to be a professional boxer, I believe. Or, um, yeah, yeah, right? And, uh, ex, ex Cage Warriors champion. Yeah, as well. this is, she's on the prelims, but she's not a new puppy here. You know what I mean? Like she's not new to the game. So I was like, damn, she's retiring, but I'm so happy because she's got a lot of fight left in her. And she's a brawler, mm. man, and she's fun. I don't want to see her retire. Can you imagine her, though, like in boxing or maybe even bare knuckle? Like I think she'd do good. What do you think? Um, I think technically. She would take out the grappling, um, like put her in a fight, and nobody goes to the ground. I think she'd do well. Well, well, that's just it. I was, I was a little bit kind of like mindful that there was no head movement, there was no angles, and um, mm, true. I don't think you could get away with that in in professional boxing. You really yeah. couldn't. I mean, I don't really want to say anything bad against against no, McCann, I love for her, me. Yeah. I love the fact that she improved. And yes, you're right. Um, I do need to be reigning because I am, you know, being <laughs> incredibly biased. Only because Molly it's McCann's consistent, Mike. Like, she consistently loses in that way. Like, you can tell there's a gaping hole in her grappling. That's the only reason why yeah. I felt the need to um, reel you in, you know. But mm. keep going. But as well as that, mm-hmm. no, you, you've hit the nail on the head. I, I do need, um, you know, reining in because she is from Liverpool. She is from the UK, and um, she's fun, man. Uh, there lies my bias. Yeah, and fan favorite. I'm, you know, like even in the states over here, when she put those gloves down, motherfuckers is like, wait a minute, you know what I mean? So I'm so so I'm so really happy she cleared that up. But she's still got fighting yeah. her. She just needs to get better with the grappling. Her hands are pretty decent. She's fun and shit. You know, she'll give us some more fun, fun fights too. You know. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, I think so. So rounding out the prelims, what else uh, caught your eye? Oh, you know, I, I really have a, my eye out on Jocelyn Edwards, the um, young lady from Panama, and she fought Carol Rosa. Yeah, I know you did. Yeah, like I just have an interest in her, and um, she fought Carol Rosa, and she's also a late replacement. However, in this fight, I saw, like, I had fun watching this fight. And, you know, first mm. round, Rosa got her down right away. And also, too, when the, she didn't take her down, Rosa controlled Jocelyn in the clinch and was throwing some ugly knees. Like, I remember tweeting, like, I kind of want to throw up right now. Those knees in the clinch are nasty. But then, Jocelyn, I noticed that when she gets hit, Mike, she gets mad and she comes full force coming forward. And she did that to Carol. Carol got cut on the lip 
And after that, Carol was like, I don't want no parts of this crazy lady's hand. She hits hard, and I'm taking her down. <laughs> and she controlled her for the rest of the fight on the ground. And that was the smart thing to do, Mike. Because when Jocelyn mm. got hit, and when she woke up and was like, oh, shit, I'm in a fight, she was hitting her pretty hard and coming forward. And shout out to the calf kick. Once again, in the second round, Carol Rosa was clipping her lead leg, and Jocelyn had nothing for it. So I really liked, even though I had my eye on Jocelyn, Mike, I liked Carol Rose's performance. It was almost like a veteran performance from such a young fighter. It was dope. See, my my problem, and it mm-hmm. is a, a real issue with Jocelyn Edwards, is that... Defense. She has None. no defense None. at all. Just marching forward with her face in full view. Right. Just... just defending with her face I, and that is a worry it made me think maybe i do need to go back and see what she was doing before the ufc because surely that this isn't just a newfound confidence in her striking so much so that she can forget to have her guard up she can forget to have her hands up me, and have no defense at all and none. be moving forward in such straight lines no angles at all that's why she gets no clipped so much like, yeah yeah uh, i think i might have wow. said it last time she fought Man, I talk so much MMA, man. I don't even know if I was talking to you or somebody else or my mention. I don't even know. But me and this person were just like, yo, her defense. And then, like, she wakes up. She wakes up by getting punched, but she's not <laughs> defensively sound. And you could even see it in her last fight. Like, she just loves to come forward. And she knows she's got mm-hmm. that power in her hooks, and she's just going to land with it. But when she cuts the distance to land, it is ugly. So I really hope they, like, work on that for her. But I really, even though she lost and she still needs a little work defensively, we're going to have fun with her. You know, she's creative. You know, she had a nice little switch or she got out of some crazy scramble. The last fight, she did some double up kick. Like, she's fun. So we'll see what the, um, the UFC does with her next. <laughs> so on to the main card. Mike Rodriguez and Danilo Marquez. Now, I don't know, man. That round two, I I don't know why I am so impressed by this, but I was. Mm. It was jaw-droppingly so. Round two, that sub that was secured was beautifully executed. The way in which Rodriguez seamlessly switched from arm to arm mid-sub. I mean, it Mm. it was almost as though he was saying, I can sub you with this one or I can sub you that one. And the way in which he changed it, it was incredible. It was a thing of beauty. Loved it. It was just a it was just a, a typical grappling exhibition. You know, he he Danilo grapples. That's what he knew he had to do to win. That's what he's good at. He did it. He got the job done second round. And it's and mm-hmm. I agree with what you said like the technique with the switching of the hands. I was like, "Man, this guy's a monster. This is this is one like someone can flawlessly just transition and make decisions while doing jiu-jitsu. That just means you've been doing this for so long and he looked like it. And also, I yeah. can, right? Like he looked like this this is what the fuck he does, you know? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> lack of, you know, better words, but but um, I love the the slick transition, but I hate when fighters go out and then they wake up all weird or have like a little mini seizure. And Mike kind of had one of those yeah. and he was like all weird. And thank God the ref, you know, calmed him down and got him just on his knees and just being regular. But I hate the jujitsu, you know, the um, excuse me, the submission seizure afterwards. But Mike did all right. But it was a beautiful performance by a grappler. Beautiful. Mm, mm. Speaking of beautiful. Mm. These two last met uh, back in 2014 True. at UFC 
179. I'm obviously talking about Carlos Diego Ferreira yeah. and Benil Dariush. What did you think of this? This is when I was like, finally, the card's picking up. Like, it was a slow first round, but, the you know, it was picking up and... They both were just nailing each other, and I just was like a really intense kind of back and forth little fight for me. But I thought Benil did more than Diego, and the decision was absolutely perfect. And, and the scorecards, you know, like Benil did a very good job. I love his awkward stance, hands down. And then he, I love that one minute he's technically sound with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Mike, and then the next minute he's totally yeah. down to brawl. You know what I mean? Like even in his uh, in his corner, his coach was like, "Why are you brawling? Just you know, one two. <laughs> Just like the, you could tell, he was like, if you don't get technical, and I love that Benil's like, fuck it, I'll throw down, and then the next minute I'll be technical, and he's so smart and he has really good fight IQ, and Diego's counters were so." Scary, like he was hitting him so hard. It was just man, a fun mm. fight. I'm all over the place. But what do you think, Mike? What are your thoughts? I love the fact that it was both a firefight on the feet and a technical yes. grappling stroke submission masterclass on the ground. Incredible transition. Those venomous kicks, man. It was rock and sockum at times as well. Because, like you say, that issue's coach was like, "What are you doing? You don't have to brawl with this guy." But he was like, uh, "I think I'll do what I feel like doing when I get out there," and just continued to do basically whatever the mood took him in the fight. It was incredible. Plus, I love the fact that at the end of you know I, I i personally feel it was a well earned unanimous decision win i love the fact that he was like I, I have a problem here why is it that we are fighting each other why is it that i haven't got a top five guy why is it that ferrera hasn't got like a top 10 guy and i could see his point i just wanted to ask you why are we here why are these two actually clashing well, Mike, I think he has every reason to be in his feelings about why they're fighting oh, each okay. other. I mean, he's on a six-fight winning streak. Um, he's he's well-rounded. Diego himself just, what did, what did he take out Anthony Pettis? He's on, you know, a hell of a run himself, and he's well-rounded. And what is, um, Benil is 13. Diego is either number nine or number 10. He's there. He's at the cusp of the one... Um, the lightweight division so i mean they're close in rankings but here's the problem yeah um high risk low reward <laughs> yeah. fighters are not taking those fights and i do believe that in the post fight conference benil cleared up mm -hmm. his statements i think he apologized because he said it's not the matchmaker's fault it takes two people to sign up for a fight and it sounds like a lot of fighters don't want to fight these two or maybe just benil because he's you know high risk low reward fans yeah. hardcore fans know Benil me and you know Benil me and you know about the win streak the you know um we know he got you know dusted by that flying knee by Edson and then came back and now he's knocking people out and you know he knocked out your car he you know he did that spinning back fist against um Scott's Holtzman you know like we know about him but he doesn't necessarily sell but at the same time he could knock you off your rankings or you know he yeah. can beat you so fighters are not pressed he's low reward they don't want to mm. fight him so I think he's frustrated and he has every reason to. And he still handled it like a G. He's such a nice guy. This guy was upset and still yeah. managed to shout out Jesus, God, um, you know, make a file a complaint on TV and still was like the most polite guy out there. I love him, you know, and he fought well. But Diego fought well, too. But go ahead. I thought yes. it was at the back of my mind, you mm -hmm. know, cynical Mike was thinking, well, 
if these two take mm-hmm. you out and you are on the cusp of either a title shop or in, in, inching towards a title shop, you've got your name, you've got um, your traction. These guys will throw you off that. And I thought maybe that the UFC were kind of like, mm, well, we don't really want these wrecking our plans in terms of those who have traction at the, at the top of, of the, you know, well, at, at these top tier fighters that are inching towards um, title contention are obviously more traction than um, Carlos, more traction than Benil, and maybe we need to keep them, you know, where they're not going to damage that traction. I mean, you never know. I don't I don't ever think the UFC is staged. Like, when I see fans saying, oh, it, that fight was staged, or he took, you know, he he uh, took the fall, like, you know, he, he purposely, you know, took the L. I don't believe that, but I do think sometimes yes. they do want yes. certain fighters to lose so that you don't mm. get the title shot. Like, look at Leon Edwards. Look at my man. And we, you know, we talk about this every Oof. week. I mean, look at Frankie Edgar, Corey Sanhagen. When they booked that the first time, mm, I was like, mm. oh, man, stop doing Frankie like that. Just just lowball him at negotiations. Damn, like, you ain't got to get him hurt. Like, <laughs> you know, like, you can see the, you can see the, th- the mind yeah. thinking, like, excuse me, you can see the thinking of the UFC. You can see with the matchups what they're doing. And perhaps this was like a one of you guys knock each other off before we give you what you want type of fight. Maybe. Yeah. I could I could see where you're going with this, Mike. And it might be. Fights are not staged, Mike, but they do have they get funny with matchups, you know? And and that's just it. I just wanted to underline we both know that fights aren't staged, but I still can't help but feel at the back of my mind that the UFC have people that they want to win yes. and they have people who, you know, they just want to actually yeah, be filler. I- now, really and truly, I can't get past that when I, I look at these two clashing. It's like, yeah. why? I've why are we here? I've thought a lot since, like, COVID. You know what I mean? Like, since COVID UFC, we, mm. I've been seeing that a lot. Like, I'm like, Surreal Gagne versus uh, Junior Dos Santos. Corey Sanhagen versus <laughs> yeah. Frankie Edgar. Like, my God, you know what mm. I'm saying? Like, I'm just shocked sometimes, you know, by some of these matchups that are just so obviously really dangerous and we kind of know who's going to win or or sometimes in this in this instance to, I don't want to call them prospects, but why are they fighting each other? They're both surging, like, at this point. Yeah, and What's they've already fought on? each other in yeah. the past. It's, it's like you're not even selling mm-hmm. that storyline mm-hmm. that was, like, barely mentioned in the broadcast. Like, I, it was just, yes. like you said, yes. Mike, filler. But at the same time, Benil is going to go up. Diego, he can go up after maybe another win. It, it, it both did well in this fight. Mm. Nobody lost. Yeah. I hear you. Next up, Alejandro <laughs> Pantoja and Manel Cap. Now, mm. well, you know something? For me, we both know that Cap came in. Um, well, with really big accolades, really incredible highlight reels and the reputation and and fearsome reputation to match for me it was too much posing too much looking good too much as though you know that is what would actually carry him under the big light and in this big league now for me pantoja showed big league experience that ain't really going to cut the mustard in front of these judges making volume his priority Mm -hmm. was the right move and it was disappointing because you know, as I say, Manel Cap came in with uh, that big reputation, and I want him to make that big splash. 
but it just wasn't to be. I think it was Jimmy Manu who had tweeted out last week that too many people um, are yes, that's waiting what I thought he for was the perfect doing. shot. Yes, no, yes, get like, in there and do work. I, yeah, maybe he was like, he's really good though. So maybe he came into it like, I'm going to just handle business and wait for that one shot. And I think maybe that's what happened because mm. there was just way too many feints and, and, and just moving around. And I love the footwork. But he, my man was literally waiting for like that one shot. And it's just like... Pantoja has a great chin. He's been in a lot of scraps, and he's well-rounded. You can't just knock him out. Did you do any research on your on this guy? Like, Pantoja can scramble. He can fight off his back. He's a he's dangerous on the ground, and he throws hands. Did you watch the tape? I know about him. Like, why are you just looking for one knockout shot? This is bizarre. You got to mix things up, confuse him, yeah. scramble. You got to make Pantoja work. So Pantoja was like, no problem. Every time you come inside, I'm going to hit you and counter you. And that's what he did. And he, and he fought well. And he fought smart. And here's another thing. Pantoja is an exciting-ass fighter. And I blame Manuel Cap for not bringing that out of him this fight. He really just, all he, you really tried to just mm, knock him out, mm. do some feints and some fancy footwork. And we missed out on a clash that could have been so good if you would have just kind of gotten his face more. Because Pantoja, You're man, right. I love watching him fight. But yeah. he had to fight to win, and Cap wasn't even letting him really mm. get in there and showcase his skills. So I really, yeah, yeah, I really hope Cap gets no, over it. Like his attitude, on. he's somewhat embarrassed, and he comes back and he does his thing. He's capable of it. I watched some <laughs> footage of him. I, I didn't really know a lot about him, so I tweeted about him like, who is this guy? Man, God bless MMA Twitter. They filled up my mentions with, Gina, you missing out. This is why you need to watch one and that. So, so I, you know, I watched a lot yeah. of gifts. I, yeah. you know, I, I did a little research, and I'm like, I got excited without even really knowing him. Just from what the you know my my mm -hmm. MMA Twitter people was telling me, and then I you debut like this, and then he was a dick afterwards. Like he was upset with Pantoja, like he seemed a little like uh, whatever. I'll see you in the locker room. You know, I was like, ew, he's gross. Yeah, and that's what I really couldn't get over because Pantoja was clearly better. Pantoja, as I say, was showing in the big it. league. This yeah. is how you actually have to throw down. This is about volume. This is about actually landing. It's not about looking good. Yes, that's part of it. I mean, speaking of looking good, sorry to um, go off that tangent, he reminded me in the way in which his fight makeup, his composition and his stance and the way that he throws like hooks, um, uppercuts and, you know, even his kicks, he reminds me of Dominic Wooding. It's it's uncanny. Seriously, they've got exactly the same kind of like fight IQ in terms of the way that they that, that they, they they look. But you know, you need to be a little bit more like Dominic Wooding, who when he goes in there, yes, he does look good, and he does actually throw volume. He's about that yeah. life. But yeah, he'll, and then he'll learn. He'll be back. And I think the next time we I see mean, him, we're looking we're looking at devastation because he'll lick his wounds skilled. and say, he's "I know what I need talented. to do." Like he's top. Um, five flyweight, even with that, even with that dismal mm, yep. and lackluster debut. Oh, he's going to be a problem, no doubt. <laughs> so next up, the the veterans, as it were, Michael Johnson right? versus Clay Guida. What did you reckon of the, these two? I was shocked that Clay Guida came out here and showed us he had hands at his old ass age. Like, I was like, whoa, we all know what Clay Guida does. He lets that hair fly and he just goes yeah. to the takedown. Hey, he's down to brawl. We saw what he did with Diego. Like, don't get me wrong, mm. he'll throw hands. But I did not expect, like, some straight rights, some hard ass overhand. I did not expect to see him prefer to throw hands 
then yeah. go for the takedown. And I was not expecting Michael Johnson's answer to the takedown just to be like, I'ma just throw I'ma throw timed uppercuts that are not landing and then and then I'm gonna, you know, like let Clay kind of go in on me. And it was just straight it was just such a bizarre uh, performance for Michael Johnson, but as usual, he pretty much does have bizarre performances. So I wasn't <laughs> that shocked that he was just banking on this uppercut that he kept missing with and really had a, like, again, a dismal, uh, a lackluster performance. What do you think's wrong with him, Mike? Like, he's fought some of the best. He's beat some of the best people. He's had some really fun fights. His first round with Justin uh, Gaethje was amazing. He beat Dustin Poirier. What's going on with him, Mike, you think? I really don't know. I, 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 do <laughs> I, I, I am at a loss because really and truly he should be kind of like, for me, a lot further than he is. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I have no idea. I don't either. That's why I asked you that. So it should be pretty interesting for me to listen to like other podcasts and maybe talk to some people on Twitter. It's like, did he hit his ceiling? Is it, is it poor fight IQ? I heard on the broadcast that he had not been focusing on his training. He was not taking it seriously. Really? He was kind of living like a party life. But for this camp, he kind of put those things aside and focused mm. on training. But if that was the case, why did he come out and look the way that he did? It was yeah. just, he, he looked confused. He looked befuddled by Clay Guida. And, and we all were confused that Clay was throwing hands, but I, I thought like the natural fighter in him would have an answer for that because he does have the faster hands and the better boxing. So I was not expecting that. I'm clutching at straws here. I know I am clutching at straws, but mm-hmm. did you notice that it was almost as though Khabib took his soul, took his respect yeah. and disrespected him by giving him a running commentary and narrative on what was going to happen and the fact that you know he was due this win he was owed this win and Michael Johnson should just give it up uh, am I uh, am I gaslighting you by saying since then he's not looked the same no, I mean, maybe it's just one of our many theories as to what's wrong with this guy. And you're right, there was like a decline since then, I think. But it could be just good old fashioned. Uh, he's hit his ceiling because he's fought mm. so many of the greats and he's been in so many wars. But he could just have hit his ceiling. And also fight IQ is just something that really doesn't work well with this guy. So maybe the combination of those things and, and also Khabib taking his soul. Who knows? Yeah. Man, but it's, we don't nobody know what's going on with him except Michael Johnson. Mm. I mean, he thought True. it was his fast lifestyle, and I guess he's going to have to go back to the drawing board because it wasn't. They he said, you know, in the broadcast they said that he cleaned up his lifestyle a bit for this camp, and yeah. he came out looking all types of confused. So hmm. I don't know, but Man. can we, Mike? Can we can we discuss that flying knee? What did you think of Corey Sanhagen and Frankie Edgar? I was shocked and surprised. That is not in my head how I saw it going down. I thought this was gonna be, you know, a hard fought decision. But 20 se- 28 seconds was all it took. That flying knee KO, I've got to admit, was bittersweet. It was incredible to see it. But against Frankie Edgar and the way that he kind of stiffened up and his toes were curled, oh, they curled. he was yeah. out. Yeah, and he looked so sad when he woke up and then he he congratulated Corey. Can you imagine doing a whole fight camp? And by the way, he yeah. looked in shape. Those 20 seconds I had my eyes on him before the knee, he looked, looked great. great. There was mm. not a single ha- 
um, what's it called? Um, love handle on him. There was nothing, you know, like <laughs> Overeem came out a little bit like, oh, you was eating good. Frankie looked like he really had an intense fight camp. I believe he yeah. was injury free. I feel so bad for him to like put in all that work to look that damn good and for him to come out and get knee like that. But I'm not surprised. Although the knee did drop my jaw, like I was like, holy shit, and stunned. Like I didn't move for like 30 seconds because I was mm-hmm. shocked. I'm not surprised Corey Sanhagen handled him. He's dangerous, regardless of his loss to Aljo. And not only that, Frankie Edgar is a blueprint fighter that is getting older. We all know his style of fighting. He is a very fast boxer wrestler, but he's getting older, so he's not as fast. Even when he got need, what was he doing? Trying to cut in on the inside to go for a takedown, Mm. so he was tucking Mm. his head. You know what I mean? Like That's why Corey was able to time it so quickly in the first round. The blueprint and the recipe to beat Frankie Edgar is there. It's why everybody's smoking him in the first round. It's his age, and it's it's like a it's like a recipe, literally. Add two cups of milk, one dash of milk, but but you got this. That's how you beat him. You watch the tape, you beat him. I personally think he needs to take a break or just. I hate saying retirement. I don't know these people, but I yeah. wouldn't mind if he just kind of hung it up. Your, your thoughts, Mike? What'd you think? It, it, it is a difficult one because you're right in terms of age he's getting up there and it's quite clear in terms of speed yes. his speed isn't coming with him now <clears throat> what we saw here was a million miles away from the vintage performances that we've come to know and love from Frankie Edgar and it was really disappointing and I've got to admit that mm-hmm. you know part of me wanted it to get down to the fact that this went to a decision and he took it because you know this is a new weight class for him remember he's yeah. still feeling this out and to see this um derailed so early in this move down it was like oh man yeah it, it it's it was a, it's a good win for Corey, and he definitely, mm. like, you have to give him, like, a title shot next. Even though Aljo made him look like an amateur real quick, the guy's still dangerous. Yeah. He's back. He's he's top three. You have to let him fight for the belt no matter who it is. Mm. Peter Jan, mm. Aljo, TJ. It yeah. doesn't matter. Corey Sanhagen gets the next title shot. However, they didn't have to do this. I really think the UFC gave Corey Sanhagen Frankie Edgar. Mind you, this is the second time they've tried. They're, getting, they're, they're pushing him out the door. And he just really didn't deserve that knee to the face to kind of push someone out the door. You know, yeah. but I just yeah. didn't care for it. I, I like Frankie Edgar. I've been watching him since his UFC debut. I remember when he debuted. I remember being like, look at this little guy. He's scrappy. And then from there, he's caught my attention with every fight up until right now. And I think he's done that with most fans. You know, there's something, though. I've got to rein us both in. I've got to rein us both in. You know what? Mm. We're talking about these athletes and the fact that, you know, the UFCs are basically throwing them in with the Lions. But that's the nature of the UFC. Why are we surprised that, you know, Frankie Edgar, you know, veteran of the sport, is is clashing a a killer, a a, a bona fide assassin in Corey Sandhagen? Why are we surprised? This is the way it's supposed to go down. Because Frankie Edgar's like not best of the best and Corey Sanhagen is. Like there's levels to this shit. Like what should Corey fight a prelim fighter next? Just because he's the best of the best and that, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like still do things appropriately, even though they're the best of the best. Frankie Edgar is an aging, predictable, slowing down, you know, like veteran legendary fighter fighting Corey Sanhagen who desperately should be fighting for a title shot. Like that doesn't add up. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know. Frankie Edgar's pedigree deserves more respect than that. Come on now. Yeah, 
<laughs> Do I but need to reel on. out his list of accomplishments? But I like, hate where you're coming from. I hear where you're they, coming from. This wasn't one of those fights where you were like, huh? Corey Sanhagen, <laughs> come on. I hear what you're saying, but keep it real. Like, mm, none, mm. nobody picked Frankie to win except his team. You know what I'm well, saying? Like, well, we I all did. was like. I, I did. I thought he could edge out a decision. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Mike. <laughs> You Put should see way. my face I, right now. Like <laughs> I, I, I was ruled by heart though, because oh, for me, yeah. the old old romanticized idea of yeah. Frankie Edgar and, and the past accomplishments. I just wanted to see him actually win again. Yeah, and then it's like you know, fans are fans, and he, and he's, and don't get me wrong, he's capable of winning. Frankie Edgar of of his prime would probably maybe beat Corey Sanhagen. It would have mm. been a more compet- competitive fight. But this is Frankie that's becoming predictable due to his age, and he's slowing yeah. down. He's slowing down, and he's predictable. Mm-hmm. We all know what he's going to do. When he was younger, we all knew what he was going to do, but he was still beating people. Now that he's older, we all know what he's going to do, but he can't beat people with that recipe. Look what Zombie did. Look what Corey yeah. did. It's happening too yeah. quickly. Stop giving him people like Corey Sanhagen. Let him fill out the bantamweight division if he's successful with some people that he's got in front of him, like a Jimmy Rivera and people like mm. that. Okay, mm. fine. Then you give him Corey Sanhagen. But because he's probably a very expensive fighter and he has a lucrative contract, they gave him Corey Sanhagen because now he can't negotiate big money. He's out the loop. So that's just, you know, I don't know, Mike. I don't, and I'm a, I'm a little bit of a fan. Like I said, I've watched this kid fight for so long. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. want to see him get need like this. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, you know, a lot of the narratives that we've just discussed there roll right into the main event. Alistair mm-hmm. Avrim uh, took on Alec, um, Alexander Volkov. Now, age did come into play. The fact that yeah. being battle worn and battle tested came into play. Speed came into play. For me. The whole Age. duck and cover aspect of duck and cover overing, um, it was sad to see. He was yeah. no longer the, the sharp, um, what's the word I'm looking forward to? Oh, sorry, looking for Like that intelligent, brave. defensively sound fighter. Like that older guy that's like, oh, I can't get hit in the head no more. I'm going to have a high guard, get around, calm, you know, and win this fight. Like it was working before. Look at Sakai when he fought Sakai. But now, I don't know if that's a style he could keep doing. And that's just it. You, you you can't really, at this stage in his career, be ducking and covering against, you know... And putting your back pe- against pe- the cage. Pe- people of, of, of the caliber of Volkov. Now, I was worried when, you know, we were speaking in the week about, you know, Overeem. And, you know, the fact that we've seen his chin tested, we've seen it tested time and time again. Let's not forget how deep a repertoire this man has and how battle-tested he is. We're talking someone who is at the, I hate to say this, the twilight end of his career. Yeah. Now, you could see that when, you know, in round two, that it, it, it was all she wrote. As soon as, as soon as he turned away, I thought, no, that's it. It's over. Call it off. Now, yeah. I don't know, man. He's got miles on him and those miles are showing. That's what I'm kind of like grasping for here. He's, 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 he's deep in the game and whilst experience should count for something in terms of, you know, marching forward with that sort of like reckless abandon and, you know, swinging for the fences, you could see that was missing from all of this. You know, having, having him backed up against the cage, that isn't something which I've, I, I've come to associate with 
Alistair Overeem. I really, you know, this was foreign to me. Yeah, and he's been fighting like that for a while. Even like when he lost to Rosenstroke, he was doing that. You know what I mean? Like he, I, I think his camp just thinks this is the safest way for our older fighter to fight because they were successful with it at times. But yeah. I just remember seeing him and being like, I don't like, I've never liked it. Even when he won, I was just like, this is ugly. Like you just kind of like eat punches safely and then you find a way to win. I'm like, this can't be <laughs> successful in the long run. And I'm, you know, because Alistair kept saying, oh, this is my last title sh- shot run. This is it. Because he's been fighting since he was like two. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, and I remember thinking, like, the game plan is to have a high guard, put your f- back against the cage and 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 just survive is the, the title shot run, Alistair. Even though it worked with Sakai and it's worked with other people, I still remember thinking, like, this, that's a dangerous game plan. Like, somebody is going to get him. And that's that somebody was Alexander Volkov last night. Like, yeah. And I heard he put on weight, so he put on, he had a lot more power. You, uh, you know, Alistair couldn't bully him, had no intention to, but he, Volkov came in there big as hell, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there was definitely a size discrepancy. And that is really wild to consider. Yeah, yeah. that's wild mm-hmm. to consider when you look at, Alistair is a truck. Seriously. Yeah, that's, what I mean. that's that's like what I was getting at. Like, like he put on weight to be bigger than the guy who's already as big as a truck. But you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, and basically his message was, "You're not bullying me." And, yeah. You know, he doesn't have to worry about being taken down too much by Alistair. You know what I mean? I'm sure he worked on getting taken down because Alistair is good on the ground, but he's not known as the specialist. So Alexander could really concentrate on his boxing. Mm, And that's mm. what we saw. And what I loved about his performance is that I think he watched a lot of tape and he saw what we saw. You want to keep a high guard? How about I train to break that high guard and just shove really hard right hands right through it, under it or around it and still land and, and just beat you up? And that's all he did, man. Even though Alistair had that high guard, he was still eating shots. And he hmm. just couldn't take it no more. And then, you know, he started bleeding from his nose and his mouth. Yeah. And Ale- Alexander basically teed off on him for two rounds until Alistair's body just collapsed. That's all we and, saw. And that's just it. And I have yeah. to say, I, I, I'm a little bit uh, invested in Alistair more than I should Me be. Too. Because, well, it, well, there's two yeah. things. One... We all have ingrained in our psyche, you know, when he, he beat the hell out of Brett Rogers, beat the hell out of Brock Lesnar. I mean, all those fights, yeah. you know, Stefan Struve, that, that's what, Stephen as soon as someone pride, says yeah. Alistair Overeem, that is what replays in my head. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of got to be mindful of that, you know, let's fast forward and look at recent Alistair Overeem. For me, it was, it's, it was a bit of pill to, um, to swallow because, you know, at, at his heart, he was born in the UK, so he's a Brit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, true. And then plus, like, he's had a very lucrative career. Um, you know, Pride, K1, UFC, he's mm. done it all. And then, and I just, it was so sad. I just saw a highlight reel of him being knocked out. He's also been on the end of, like, very brutal knockouts. So, although he's had a lucrative career, he's, he's had a lot of damage, I think, in these, in, in these fights. So I wonder, what's the next step? You know, he was saying that this was his title shot. It didn't not his title shot, but his title run, the last one. Is this his last fight? He didn't he didn't put his gloves down or nothing, but I nah. need to know what he's going to say and what what's the future hold for him? Yeah. I think with 67 clashes under his belt, I wouldn't be surprised if he just kept on going because if he was going to quit, he'd have quit before now. 
I would like him to go out in a blaze of glory, but with a win, I really wouldn't want to see him, you know, put the gloves down in the middle. <laughs> Not Maybe again, I need to kind of like slap myself and think, you know, you're going back to this whole notion that, you know, you're looking at his past glory. You're looking at years ago when he was sharp, years ago when he was powerful, years ago when he was ferocious. Now it just seems as though he's a shadow of his former self. And like you said and what you alluded to, and what I said, actually, you were quite clear on earlier, it's all about age and it has really caught up with him, you can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he looked it yesterday. Like when he came yeah. out, I was like, oh, Alistair eating good this camp. What was on the menu? <laughs> Look at that little belly. But he looked, he still looked good, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, I'm not, I'm not like insulting him. He looked good hefty, but he was hefty. I was like, oh, wow. And then um, also I thought he looked a little bit old tonight. Tonight he looked old. Before 40 years even, young. Yeah. <laughs> tonight, <laughs> you're so stupid. <laughs> You're so stupid. He, um, uh, Clay Guida, 39 years old. Look at look at him. Look at his fight, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. But compare the wars, though. Alistair's, yo, somebody on Twitter, that you ain't shit. They put together a highlight reel of him being blasted. And it was from pride to UFC. And it's wow. it's been so much. I want him to rest. I want him to sit in a dark room and not think for a while. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so nervous for Alistair. He's been hit so hard so many times. And he seems like such a good guy. But I, I'm, I would like for him to hang it up. I, I'm scared of his brain and whatnot. And from mm. that 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 um, video got me like it gave me PTSD. I didn't even realize Alistair's been hit that many times or KO'd that many times. So I'm happy with his career. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if he you know was like oh I'm good or whatever and this this and that. But we shall see. Yeah, yeah. You know, just before we go, I just wanted to get your thoughts on. Someone or an organization we've not seen for the longest while, Bellator. Now, they put out an announcement, it was a press release which landed in my inbox earlier on this week, to say that they have a massive announcement on Tuesday. It was an announcement about an announcement. And I just wanted to pick your brains ever so slightly what you think that this announcement might be. I mean, I put this out on Twitter and uh, albeit that it's only up, been up there um, a, a short while, mm-hmm. um, Sparks F, and that's Paul O'Kelly thinks that Bellator and Scott Coker are going to vote to impeach the UFC <laughs> president Dana White. Tuesday is the big clue as the other president dude is getting impe- impeached as well. So that's what he thinks the big announcement is going to be on Tuesday. But, you know, <laughs> seriously, with our thinking caps on and with our creative caps on, what do you think um, Bellator are planning to announce this coming Tuesday? I have no idea, but what I do know, I know what I want from that announcement. I know that announcement better be Anthony Johnson versus Yo Romero. They better take two people from the UFC that everybody want to see fight in Bellator, fight each other. You understand? Yeah. Like, yeah. they better learn, they better do something with those two because those two men are going to give Bellator new viewership. Both those men are going to be followed by fans wherever they fight. If those men Love go to it. one championship, we set alarms. You know what I'm saying? They have Mm-mm. fan bases. So Bellator better use them. And hopefully that's what this announcement is is about. Make it a big deal. Kids, it would be a big deal in the UFC. Imagine Anthony Johnson versus Yo Romero. Get out of here. Oh, man. Right. Look, look, I'm you rubbing sound like my hands here. Yeah, like <laughs> I, yeah, you sound like I just brought out some cookies. Like, 
grown ass man is watering. Yeah, right. You know, look, look. If that hap- if that fight happened on Mars with some yeah. weird Wi-Fi or Reddit type shit, some secret shit, we'd all download it and get it and watch it in Mars. Like <laughs> they will get flights. Yeah, we would all have some weird stream to get some fight in Mars because Anthony Johnson and Yo Romero are fighting. I really yeah. hope that's the announcement. And if it's not the announcement, I still hope they make that fight and the announcement is huge and I have no idea what I'm talking about. So we'll see. <laughs> well, the, the clue is really um, in the headline which they put out. Bellator MMA invites you to save the date for a very special announcement. So it's obviously something quite big and that kind of like fits into the gravitas of a special announcement. I really hope that you're right. But for me, I mean... Um, one of the theories that I've got is that it's around a new tournament. And I think that's going to be light heavyweight. I don't know. It's just that, obviously, with Anthony jo- Johnson coming into um, the fray and um, mm-hmm. him actually being signed and Yo Romero, uh, you know, why wouldn't you have these two uh, in the bracket uh, to, to kick things off? I love the idea of them actually featuring and featuring quite heavily in it but I think it is a light heavyweight announcement and you know not that I have any inside intel or any um, idea whatsoever as to what's going to be announced I, I'm just throwing this out there this is just me and you throwing our ideas mm-hmm. whether mine may be seeing as really really left field and yours are like really really uh, sensible but I do think there is a distinct possibility when you look at light heavyweight tournament that could entice a certain oh, Jimmy yeah. Manua out yeah. of retirement. Oh, wow. Because, Jimmy. Well, Ooh. yeah, because okay. he has alluded to the fact that, you know, he wants to come back in 2021. He has Is alluded to the fact. What's going on, my? You know him. Is Jimmy bored? Jimmy sounds well, bored. He want to fight. Fight as fight. That's yeah. what it boils down to. I would say he, he has fight. got the itch to yeah. knock someone out with that left hook. Yes. Now, you can tell. again, again, let me underline this with um, indelible ink. No, I haven't got the inside track. I haven't got any inside intel. But Jimmy Manuel coming back to take part in a light um, heavyweight tournament is something which could possibly be on the table. But also... They've been like toing and froing in terms of TV deals, especially like in the UK. It mm. may have something to do with a, a big TV deal being announced. And I'm, I'm, I'm again throwing this out there because it's a wild suggestion. But I think terrestrial TV may play um, a hand in this as well because for it to be a special announcement, terrestrial TV has to be where it's at. It can't be one of these, you know, obscure. TV channels and I I also feel as though they're going to you know bring out their big guns in terms of fight announcements people like Paul Daly can you imagine they announce a big um, parting of the ways uh, retirement fight for Paul Daly because he's already said it better not be MVP it better not be Paul Daly cut that shit right now well they've already said that well Paul Daly's already said that his last fight or his next fight sorry it's going to be his last fight so roll out a massive clash for Paul Daly. I mean, can you imagine mm-hmm. Paul Daly versus Melvin Manhoff? Oh, man. You like I the just, sound of that? Now I'm the little kid with the cookie jar. You know what I mean? Now you've opened the fresh jar of cookies. I'm over here smiling like a little girl. Yes, I like that. Wow. That would be incredible. 
And I think as well, again, I'm guessing only because I know for a fact that those people who are on the roster who are based in the UK, based in Europe, are wondering and drumming their fingers, when are we going to get our shot? When are we going to actually do something? When are we going to put some bread on the table? Because when they don't fight, they don't get paid. And most of these people, I would say the vast majority of them, quit their jobs once they signed to Bellator because the fees that they were actually demanding, commanding and being paid, very, very lucrative. So I think there are going to be plans announced that will keep their Euro roster busy. And I'm really hoping, now I know it's hoping against hope, but I'm really hoping that there'll be some kind of like Euro Grand Prix um, rolled into this as well because... We do need something in here to kind of like keep the brand values alive in terms of what Bellator represents. And I think, you know, that tournament sort of like format, it works for Bellator. So why not create a European um, tournament? But those are just, as I say, just some more ideas, just some left field thinking, like I say, and, you know, no intel. But I just thought I'd throw that out there. Any more for any more um, from yourself in terms of what this possible announcement could be? No, I don't have anything. I just know that I hope Bellator doesn't fuck it up. That's all. <laughs> this this segment has me excited, Mike. You know what mm. I mean? Like, mm. now you got me all into this, and I hope they don't mess it up. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> okay, well, that wraps up the WOCast, and uh, we'll be back as usual. Um, just before I go, I just wanted to say, it's again a plea to those people who are actually listening to the WOCast. Head over to Apple podcast leave a review leave a star rating and uh, that actually helps us in terms of uh, visibility on apple podcast helps us in terms of traction and uh, it lets us know what you think of the show so head over to apple podcast and leave your review and also if you wanted to continue the conversation on anything that we've actually spoken about do head over to Mike Woe TV um, to continue the conversation with me. And G, how can people continue the conversation with you? I am on Twitter, just Gina MMA. And also leave feedback in my mentions if you like an episode or if you have mm. any suggestions for us to talk about or if you just want to just say something about the show. I love feedback. Don't ever hesitate to give me any feedback on the show. And thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, I would have a caveat there, and I never thought I'd say this, but if you're a catfish, don't bother, because I've had my fill, I've full to the brim of catfish uh, talk this week. I don't know about you, G, but it does baffle me, it beggars belief why a grown adult, a sentient being would create <laughs> create a Twitter account when it doesn't actually match your gender, and it doesn't match your viewpoint. And then it just, it's just wild to me. I don't know. Maybe I just, um, maybe I'm not of that age where I don't understand. Maybe it's a young person's thing, but I don't get the whole catfish um, approach on MMA Twitter. And it does seem oh, to be wow. recurring on a regular basis on MMA Twitter. Or is it just me? Um, it, you know, I'm flabbergasted at this moment, but I think what I'm going to do is that when we, uh, when we stop recording, me and you going to cluck, and I need to know who this catfish is, and I need all the motherfucking details because you seem to know something that, you know, I'm not that familiar with. So when we get off this broadcast, I need the deets, sir. Sounds like you got something juicy. No, you, I, I can tell it now. 
I was looking for some um, expertise in terms of somebody who'd be able to help me on a new web project. It basically is for my film review um, podcast. I wanted a website built. And um, it was a paid gig, you know, I, I, I'm quite happy to, or I was quite happy to pay the individual. Anyway, had loads of people put themselves forward, showed me their expertise, showed me how they can help, showed me how quickly it could be done, and I settled on one. A lady by the name of, well, apparent lady, by the name of Alessia Scout. Now, she contacted me through Twitter to say that she had the expertise, she's got all that I would need to put this project to bed. Anyway... I dutifully um, informed her that she'd got the gig and that she'd be paid handsomely. So oh, sent wow. off um, sent off a deposit. Anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. alarm bell started ringing when the email that was associated with the payment, it turns out it was, it was a, a, a chap and um, that was, alarm bell started ringing first off. Uh, hold on, Set- time out, time out. What yeah. the fuck? A chap is a guy or a man? Yeah, what it was a guy. Chap? It was a <laughs> okay, guy. Chap. So, Alessia Scout, <laughs> she sends me the payment details. Mm-hmm. I send you the payment details. And when I get the confirmation that the payment has actually been transferred, it's a guy. So, I'm thinking, hold up. But in your avatar, anyway, fast wow. forward to when this work has supposedly uh, been delayed and hasn't started I start to ask questions and then I quickly clock this is a guy I'm talking to oh, so wow. in Alessia Scout's bio it says she's from the United Kingdom no she is not he is not from the United Kingdom oh, in God. Alessia Scout's bio it says that she is a woman no as someone showed me the actual avatar that she uses is widely used in catfish accounts it's a woman with a phone up taking a picture of herself this woman had no expertise this woman had no gender affiliation with uh, a woman but I suppose the, the key and I suppose worrying thing is she was very convincing to the extent that out of the 10 people who put themselves forward, she was the one that I settled on because she sounded the most convincing and knowing and using the terminology and the jargon, which, you know, I come accustomed to the basics that I know of web development. She was, he was using that. So yeah, it, 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 wow. it got to a stage where I said, well, look, if you're not going to deliver Um, just refund my money and then all of a sudden I had uh, radio silence anyway suffice to say I got my money back quick fast in a hurry and uh, the payment company now know that they are dealing with a fraud catfish good why why Mike matter of fact when you brought up catfish (laughs) I got scared I was like no 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 let's stop recording and talk about this on the low like those people are crazy you saw immediately I went into like no 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 we'll talk later about that person is crazy Mike catfish no I have no interest I'm 100% myself and maybe I am 100% too much myself on here but I don't get catfishing at all I don't, I don't understand the phenomenon behind it. And it's so funny. Wow. I'm, in, I'm taking a class right now, mm. theory in um, cultural studies, uh, Mike. Like, we study media theories and whatnot. And one of All the right. theories we're going to discuss is, like, disgusting behavior online. And I think we're going to, like, discuss, like, trolls. And um, <laughs> we're going to learn about trolls and people that catfish. Because there's a psychology behind it, Mike. 
That's why really? I was so cool. Yeah, like there, it's a it's a problem with our society is what like this class wants to discuss with us. But the class just started, so I haven't learned shit yet. But the books arrived, and the the books that I'm studying are about like catfishes and like, you know, the psychology behind the disgusting behavior of trolling people. Like what is what drives them? That's what these books are about. So I cannot wait to read this because it like pertains to MMA Twitter because so many people do that. And I, by God, I can't even imagine someone that would take the time to do such a thing. And, that, and that's I, just it. I is it a mental it. illness then? Is this person, does this person have a split personality? Because I was quite convinced initially mm. that this was a woman. Now, as I say, yeah. I was more I was more interested in the expertise, and that's why I didn't really think too much into alarm bells which were ringing. You know, alarm bells like that. She joined in October 2020, yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, you didn't see that she'd only just joined, but yet, you know, you're willing to part with money. But as I say, I was more yeah. taken up with the wow. fact that she was saying all the right things, um, producing all the right terminology, and um, in terms of solutions, saying, no, don't do it like that, do it like this. So I was I, like, wow, you wanted so much trouble. Right, that's what it is. It's I guess it's, I've never done it. And I've also only been catfished on a very low level. Like when I'm on Twitter and it's just like, are you, are you like hiding behind a black profile to be racist, sir? Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> wow. I get those, I get those a lot, but mm. so I don't really know the psychology behind it and I haven't experienced it like that. So... I don't know, but I just know, like, once you mentioned it, I was like, let's be careful, Mike. You know, like, I just, I just, there's a, like the books say, there's a psychology behind it. And it just, to me, is kind of alarming. So. Very. Yeah. So it's like, I would rather not know any or experience that. I'd rather keep it on my low level in my mentions when it's just like, wait a minute, you're upholding white supremacy. I don't think you're a black person. Like, you know what I mean? Like you get, I get a lot of racist people using black faces to, to, um, you know, to push white supremacy and those values. So th- that's mm. like the biggest catfish I, I think I've had. And those are fun. Cause it's like, they, they, say, they say things black people, you know, they think we say. So it's very easy to dismantle those and those are fun. <laughs> but, but they can be dangerous, which is why like, I was like, I don't know, Mike, there's money involved. You, you sure you want to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> no, so the, the fact is I wouldn't have spoken about it had I not got my money back because I don't oh, want this man. person to go missing. I don't want them to cancel right. their account. No, as soon as I got my money back, then I was like, yeah, I'm happy to talk about this now. There's, mm-hmm. there's nothing more that I need from this person. That was, the, that was the missing piece. That was the last link. And I've got that. Plus, I think that talking about this kind of thing, I think protects other people as well. Because just imagine, true. Alessia Scout, and that is her handle. Alessia Scout out there. Actually, her, her actual Twitter handle is Scout Alessia, but she goes by the handle of, um, or she goes by the name of Alessia Scout. Let's just imagine someone chances upon her and yeah. I haven't put it out there that this is what she's up to. Then that's the person you... that I personally um, have given a pass to. And that means yeah. that she will be affecting somebody else's, um, well, finances be, as well. She won't be affecting me because you have to send me her handle when, we, when we're done to the chat and then I'll block her. Cause that's like, <laughs> I'm not into that stuff. So, you know, I'm good. So make sure you send that to the chat. <laughs> and oh, I'm going to hit the I'm going to block that person you have no business trying to get money from me sir cuz that's what you are a man hiding behind a, a woman's picture ripping wow. people off disgusting <laughs> Anyway we'll be back with more talking points in the midweek show shots fired on Thursday <laughs> <laughs>